0: Welcome to the Horrible Things Podcast. This is a true crime and man-made disaster podcast where we talk about all things horrible, whether that be serial killers, or in today's case, pedophiles. My name is Emma Sexton. I'm the host for this podcast. And today I'm joined by...
1: Chase again.
0: Chase again. Yeah. Finally, what? Do- when was the last episode you were on?
1: Um, It was the one with Harley with the... Um... I think her last, her nickname was like butterfly or wolf or something. I'm it, she, she was in that apartment complex.
0: Oh, the bystander effect? Yes. Kitty Genovese. Kitty, Kitty. not wolf. <laughs> Kitty, wolf,
1: yeah. Yeah, same thing. Uh-huh.
0: It's an animal.
1: It, it flies.
0: It's basically the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to be covering something really, really heavy and crazy. But before we get into that, Chase... How have you been? How's life been? How's your um has true crime entered your life in any way since you've been on the pod?
1: Um yes actually. Um my friend Nick, who couldn't come on the podcast unfortunately today, he um updates me on news quite a bit. Sometimes it's it's true crime related. So I have the knowledge that I got from this show to like actually make conversation with him, which is interesting cuz he knows pretty much everything about the news and I don't know much. So when I do have the opportunity to talk about true crime, um, this podcast has helped me a lot.
0: Yeah. I feel like I'm one of those people where like I like the news and like, I like, no, that's a lie. The news depresses me, dude, like so much. And I'm a broadcast journalism major. So it's like a double. (laughs) The news depresses me though. I'm mostly just interested in true crime news and stuff like that. So I feel like if you ask me like anything about tariffs or like, taxes i would know almost like close to nothing yeah but if anybody was like does anyone here know a lot about serial murder i'd be like you called hello (laughs) i try to stay up to date on all that stuff but yeah just not on regular news it's a weird (laughs) I like how I'm like, the news is too depressing, but true crime news is like.
1: <laughs> Only depressing. Yeah,
0: there's no opportunity Feed for light. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, really quick before we start, I know everyone wants to get right into the horrible subject we're discussing today. But um, right before we start, I just wanted to say that Horrible Things now officially has a Patreon page. <gasps> Which is pretty awesome. I spent a very long time trying to actually like get this to come together, and it's been like what almost two months in the making of like just getting things set together and like figuring out how we can do bonus content and things like that. But Mm -hmm. just real quick, I'll explain to you. Um, There's a only one tier available because I'm not gonna really ask people to pay a ton of money because why would I do that? (laughs) So it's $5, um, every single month to join this tier. And if you give $5 a month and become a patron, you get two episodes of hilarious things every month, which is 15 minutes each. And that's like a true crime, but comedy more focused on comedy than true crime segment of the show, which we did once, but actually got cut for time on one of the older episodes. So, um, Two episodes of that every month, and then a thirty-minute bonus episode, as well as a mention of your name on every single podcast from now on out. From here on out, now now on out. <laughs> so, if you're interested in becoming a patron, all the money that I get will go right back into this podcast. Honestly, just like getting new gear and things like that, or just like giving me more resources to like yeah. buy more books. If and you stuff didn't like that. know,
1: we're actually inside a, a concrete box currently. Yes. We have two iPhones and we're holding them upside down to our mouth. So that's our production value right now. <laughs> as well.
0: But um, yeah, if you're interested in becoming a patron and helping us get out of this concrete box, <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash horrible things and yeah, find some posts and stuff like that. I'm trying to post weekly on there just like stuff i posted a picture of me editing in college (laughs) like sitting in the lounge at college with my headphones on people come up to me and they're like what are you editing i'm like oh you know just the monster of florence just like it's (laughs) it's quite a conversation starter (laughs) Yeah. yeah but um if you want to become a patron i would appreciate that tons and tons okay okay let's get into it all right So today we are discussing the very controversial and probably every single person knows about this person, but we are going to be talking about Jeffrey Epstein.
1: That bitch.
0: Yes. Chase, you knew a little bit about Jeffrey Epstein coming into this, I think. Yeah,
1: from what Nick told me just about all the like the cases and um, how he killed himself before um, like he was incarcerated. Yeah. So that's all I know pretty much.
0: Okay. I think that's kind of the base amount of knowledge that pretty much everyone will have just mm-hmm. because it's been all over the news lately. Every single thing. I got an alert on my phone the other day about it. Like and I kind of it's really interesting to me because I remember hearing about this case before I realized it was this case. You know, like a lot of people on other podcasts I've listened to have talked about the Jeffrey Epstein case in terms of like talking about bits of information here and there. But it's only now like after he's passed that all this information has come forward that showed me like, oh, wow, this is so much worse than I thought it was when I was just hearing like the little things about the case. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really interesting to be able to kind of see it as a whole now from start to finish. But uh, just a little bit of background on Jeffrey Epstein. So he was a banker and like he's in finance basically he had stocks investments things like that that's how he made all of his money but he actually started his career as a teacher uh, like a high school teacher which a lot of people didn't know
1: that's weird
0: yeah it's pretty creepy so in september of 1974 he started teaching at a private high school in new york which was like a mathematics school
1: that sounds pretty prestigious
0: yeah a lot of people who talked him and talk about him said like even though he was horrible he was a smart guy that's how he got away with being one of the worst people alive for so long there's
1: like a pattern here with like serial killers with being like actual intellectual people that's that's kind of scary
0: for sure it's less scary when you think about someone who's like dumb and just killing people for because they're like can't don't know better or even people that are insane it's a little bit like At least there's a reason, but people that are smart and like understand fully what they're doing. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. Mm -hmm. So he got uh, dismissed from the school. All the information they have about it is that he was dismissed for being a bad teacher. I don't know if that was tied to actually being a bad teacher or any kind of sexual misconduct at the school. There's no information on that, but I would wonder if it was because of sexual misconduct because I mean, he was a pedophile and he was teaching High schoolers. Do, there was actually in our uh town a couple, like um, a couple, six months ago maybe, there was a teacher at a high school near us who got fired for having a relationship with a student Ew, and like assaulting so a student in literally in our like in, in our in, town.
1: In our district?
0: Yes, in our school district.
1: That's so gross. Isn't
0: that disgusting?
1: I don't know how it, and he was probably married, like, yeah. is it that hard to like, not do that. With Dude, one of your students. I was
0: literally telling my dad today, I'm like, you know how easy it is to it's so easy to not be a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the <laughs> one of the easy, I always say this. I'm like, it's so easy to not be that bad of a person. Like, yeah, it's hard to not be like make mistakes and not be a bad person. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy to not be that bad of a person. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like there's there's different levels to it. At a certain point, I'm like, oh, my just like. You're something. Not even human. Yeah, truly. So uh, after he was fired as a teacher, actually somebody he had, a parent he had met at the school gave him a job working at a financial company in New York. And uh, he worked there for a couple years and then he worked at this place called Tower Financial Corporation. And then he started his own company called J. Epstein and Company. And he changed the name of the company and stuff so it'd be like less obvious that it was something that he owned because he was really the only person working mm-hmm. at the company. Oh, okay. And uh under the company's name, he bought an island called Little St. James Island in the Virgin Islands for a little less than eight million dollars. Oh my gosh. And he used this island as a way for his company to like escape taxes. But it eventually also became a place where Epstein would traffic young girls oh, on this Island. God. And the Island kind of has a lot of names. Some people call it the Island of Horrors. Some people call it pedophile Island just because there was so many like accounts of him bringing young girls there. It's kind of terrifying to be honest. Yeah. It sounds like something out of a movie. Like I was talking to someone about this earlier, but Jeffrey Epstein is like the perfect bond villain. Like, everything he does almost seems fake because of how evil it is. You know, like having a private Island where you like traffic young girls, like it's truly, he is, he is a villain out of a movie. Yeah, It's ridiculous. So, um, after he started his own company, he also started working for this company called liquid funding. Uh, And around the time he started working at that company is when the United States started to take an interest in the activities of Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein. And that's like when this whole thing kind of started around the early 2000s. But I want to start from the very, very beginning of his actual crimes, like starting from when he first started to assault and traffic people. So even though he wasn't actually charged for anything until the early 2000s. His um, crimes and the sexual misconduct that he had actually started as early as 1993. Oh, geez. So he was rich already by this time. And he had mansions all over the country. He had one in New Mexico, one obviously on Little St. James Island, one in New York, like California, all over the place. He had mm-hmm. these giant mansions and he would move young girls from mansion to mansion pretty much when he There's would invite that. them to stay with him. So there are these two sisters named Maria and Annie Farmer. Maria was 21 and Annie Farmer was 16 years old okay. when they came in contact with Jeffrey Epstein. So he basically told them, I'll help you get into college and I'll help you like do all this stuff, show you how I made my money and you can like have a successful future like I do too. So he would fly them all over the place. Oh my gosh. And Maria was actually staying with him first. And then she told him, hey, I have a sister who also wants to go to college. And he was like, fly her out. And then he took her, the younger sister, who was only 16 years old, and flew her out to Thailand and started moving her around the mansions. And she recalls being told that she had to, like, undress in front of him and, like, give him foot massages and he would, like, touch her and things like that. And she was only 16 oh, years God. old at the time.
1: And wait, what year was this? This was in 1993. Yeah. and I feel, I feel like if somebody now like heard like a guy was gonna fly you around and give you free college they'd like know better yeah but I guess 20 or like what 15 years ago no 20 something years ago it's just such a different um such a different like society of just being able to trust people like that but I think um mostly um
0: it was just his fault truly for being and the girls uh both sisters actually talk about the fact that jeffrey epstein's main like his right hand man like his main person her name was jeslene i'm probably saying that wrong jeslene maxwell Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna call her maxwell throughout it and she would um she she was there throughout like his entire career up to the bitter end like even still up to his death when he went to jail for the last time. And they talked about the fact that part of the reason that they felt comfortable being around Epstein was because there was another woman in, in the room who seemed pretty young. Oh, and like okay. she, they they felt that level of trust and comfort because they just thought, oh, she wouldn't, you know, like let anything happen to me. Yeah. Like nothing could happen to me. But she actually, um, Maria Farmer talks about the fact that when he was starting to assault her and touch her, that she would join in. That's what she oh, said in Jesus. one of her um, testimonies, and she talked about the fact that Maxwell would, um, like Miss Maxwell would be the one who actually went out to malls and like was looking on the street and would basically bring girls back to Jeffrey Epstein. Psycho. He would. She was basically hunting for girls.
1: How did they? Do you know how they met?
0: I have no idea how they met. I think it was probably just through business because she so she was terrible. a like collaborator in his financial world mm-hmm. as well as his personal. How do life. you
1: just? change your occup well not even an occupation how do you even change into a completely different person just like working underneath somebody knowing you're doing like t- that terrible of things to little young girls
0: yeah i mean it's horrible and so the when maria the older sister found out what had happened to her little sister annie and had like realized that she herself had been assaulted mm-hmm. um she went straight to the police in new york and filed a, a report and after she filed a report, she received uh, this like letter from Jocelyn Maxwell, who said, "I she she said this to Maria. I know you go to the West Side Highway all the time. While you're out there, just be really careful because there are a lot of ways to die there."
1: Oh my gosh!
0: They're being basically being threatened. Yeah, yeah. And this like police report went nowhere. Nothing happened.
1: Did they cancel? Do you think like Epstein like paid it off?
0: I yeah for sure i think he had something to do with it he may not have paid it off but for some he's someone who had a lot of power mm-hmm. and the fact that this report of a 16 year old girl being molested went nowhere yeah i think there was definitely some foul play yeah <sighs> and um another like terrible thing about this particular um case with the farmer sisters is that in 2003 vanity fair This is so his first charge happened in 2005. Mm -hmm. So in 2003, Vanity Fair had heard about some like stuff that had been going on. They'd heard these allegations from the Farmer sisters from an inside source and they were like, okay, we want to write an article about the fact that Jeffrey Epstein might be some kind of like a pedophile or, you know, like a rapist. And. They started interviewing the Farmer Sisters. This um, editor-in-chief for Vanity Fair for this article, he his name was Graydon Carter, and he started writing this. He sent out reporters and started to put together this article. And Jeffrey Epstein heard about what was happening, and he went to um he went to Graydon Carter and he started like harassing him and telling him don't don't do that story, don't run that story. All these allegations are false. You have no proof. Don't do that. And then eventually he left and uh, like Epstein and his whole company continued to threaten the Farmer sisters also because they agreed, the two sisters and their mom all agreed to go on record about everything that had happened with Epstein and Maxwell. So Vanity Fair had all this stuff, but um, eventually Epstein just continued and continued to threaten. And this guy Graydon Carter, he came home one night and in front of his house, there was a bullet in his walkway like oh just gosh. one bullet laid in front of his door and he said like he went on record saying he didn't think he had any proof that it was Epstein cuz no one was around but mm. he felt very certain that it was No,
1: I'm sure him it was. It sending had to a message.
0: Have been. Yeah, so they eventually ran the article about Epstein but they didn't include any of the testimony of the farmer sisters. It mostly just focused on his financial background. They pretty much left out almost everything That's about the sexual assaults really because
1: I that. mean, I get, like, because n- if he prob if he posted the um, the article with the allegations, he probably would have been assassinated, by yeah. Epstein. But I like I get that not wanting to die. But if it's that bad, I think he should have just yeah exposed like the actual truth because he know knew everything that has been going on behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, I guess it must have just been like fear that more was going to go wrong i suppose yeah i mean it's just yeah It, i mean that's something that you'll see about epstein as we continue to like go through this whole case is that he was very good at knowing how to apply pressure on people mm. on, to like make them crack because he did that several times with different people but Graydon carter actually also believes what he received was another message from uh from Epstein. Years later, when they were trying to go and like research him for the Florida investigation, they still had the scoop at the Farmer Sisters, mm-hmm. and um, he. So this reporter named Connolly, he went to Florida to cover it uh, on Graydon Carter's orders. And when Graydon Carter got home, like that night, he walked into his backyard, and there was a severed cat head oh in his gosh. backyard, and he said again, that he felt very confident that Epstein and his people had done it as, like, a way to send a message of, like, don't be bringing stuff up from the past. Like, mm-hmm. he's already in enough trouble, so don't. And when my when I first heard about that, my, like, initial thing was, like, couldn't a coyote have just, like, done that? Yeah. But apparently, this guy Graydon Carter lived in, like, very m- metropolitan New York, so there's not a lot of coyotes, like, yeah, there's yeah. not enough space, really. For and that to be happening.
1: Is there like a severed cat head? Is that like symbolism or something?
0: I think it must have been of like, we will cut off your head or something like that. Kind of like the bullet. Yeah. Just like symbolism of like violence, I guess. But yeah, yeah that was pretty great. That happened in 2002 and uh, 2005. So then going back to the early crimes that Epstein committed, uh, in 1997, with one of the first women came forward about jeffrey epstein after the farmer sisters this was the third woman to actually go to the police about jeffrey epstein uh and it was actually a woman in california and he never faced any charges in california but it was this woman from california named alicia arden and she'd been told that epstein had connections and could help her get into modeling Mm -hmm. so she agreed that she would like meet up with him in california because he said like i can help you get a job and like Kind of like he did with the Farmer sisters. Like, I will give you success, basically.
1: That's so scary.
0: And when she actually met up with him, he started immediately, like, criticizing her body. And then he started to undress her, like, without her permission, of course. And he started to undress her. And then he was groping her. And immediately after that happened, she left because she was realizing what was going on. Mm -hmm. The fact that he was a creep, obviously. And she went to the Santa Monica police to file a report. And then they were like, listen, you did go to his apartment willingly. Are you sure you want to file a report? And she was like, uh, what the hell? And so she left without filing a report and then came back and filed the report and, uh, like said, this is, this is what happened. Like I was groped. I was like harassed. I was sexually harassed without like asking for that at all. Here's what happened. And according to Santa Monica police records, they actually did question Epstein about it, but it went nowhere because the Santa Monica police claimed that uh, Arden said she didn't want to press charges, when now she goes on record and says, I never said that I didn't want to press charges. So either they lied or Epstein paid someone off to like convince them that it would be okay to say that she didn't want to press charges. But... That's why her case never went anywhere. Jeez. So
1: I don't know how he gets away with this. It it has to be money.
0: Yeah. That's what I think too. I think yeah. it's intimidation and money. Yeah. Like the fact that he's a very important person. It reminds me a lot of the Harvey Weinstein case. It's like these people who are in such high positions of power, they can do whatever they want without repercussions because mm-hmm. they know people and they can apply pressure and they have the funds to do whatever they want. Yeah. Like money it seems sometimes can get you is it can help you get away with murder basically yeah it definitely you know can. that phrase so I don't know it's pretty disgusting to me yeah so in March two thousand five that's when the real like case case that we know about today that was covered hugely in the media started so in March of two thousand five in Florida um, police start to investigate Jeffrey Epstein because he had been. Uh, accused of paying minors to have sex with him and uh sexually harassing a bunch of women so they start their investigation in in march and then in october they finally get a warrant to search his mansion in florida Mm -hmm. so that's in october then in may they have um they finally are able to file like a report against him uh the palm beach police are and they accuse him of four counts of unlawful sex, basically. That's a, that's a quote. Four counts of unlawful sex with minors and one count of molestation. That's what he's initially accused for mm-hmm. by the Palm Beach police. Okay. Then in June of 2006, so this is dragging on. We started in March 2005. It's June 2006. So the grand jury, um, they basically only hear one of the women speak even though he had been, let me tell you this, in Florida, he had been accused by 36 women.
1: He must, he has to be paying people off.
0: I'll tell you what happened. This actually is a case where something was seriously, like a bribery or something like that, but he only hears from one of the accusers, and the FBI eventually opens their own investigation, but basically what happened was that um, while this whole thing was going on, Epstein hired the best legal team, like, ever. He basically... Because yeah. he could afford it. Mm-hmm. So he hired, like, the best lawyers, the best everything. And they spend basically a year... In 2007, they spent basically a year harassing uh, Alexander Acosta, who is the attorney. And he is currently our Secretary of Labor. Or he was. He actually resigned. But um, he... Was the US attorney at this time, and they spend a long time like harassing him, but not saying that's an excuse for what he eventually did, but that's what happened. So they are harassing him, trying to get the best plea deal possible. And at mm-hmm. the same time, the legal team and Jeffrey Epstein hired three private investigators who would follow the um, accusers and like stalk them, basically. And they would sit in these black SUVs and like follow them to their house, and when they went to the mall and things like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the PIs actually ran one of the parents of the girls off the road one time.
1: Oh, my she gosh. survived,
0: but still, it was like that same thing of like fear and intimidation, you know, fear and intimidation. Jeez. And for that, they almost actually considered giving Epstein an, an additional charge, but they couldn't like prove anything, you know. So. Yeah,
1: but the ac- the ac- um the accusers did they uh mention that on trial? Yes. Okay. They
0: talked about it. Well, there was only one that they heard.
1: Oh yeah. But they mentioned it. How the hell did they manage?
0: So June 30th, 2008, Epstein eventually, his whole this whole thing of like the harassing and everything lead, leads to this trial where he pleads guilty to one count of solicitation of prostitution uh, and one count of solicitation of prostitution of a minor. By 2000, like I said earlier, there were 36 victims. However, he only... He had resources like he could afford to hire these lawyers who got him the best plea deal that I it's like the plea deal he got was too good. It was like unfairly good for what he actually did. You know, he only had to plead guilty to two of the of the crimes of these 36 that happened. And he got a more minimal sentence because like because he didn't have to deal with the 34 other accusers that happened. They decided to only charge him for two. Okay. So there's, during this whole thing, there's this fantastic journalist from the Miami Herald who started, who truly like started all of this media coverage of Jeffrey Epstein and stuff like that. Her name was Julie K. Brown. And she points out in her article, something that I didn't even think of. But like, once I saw it, I was like, what the hell is going on here? There's no such thing under federal law as prostitution, uh, solicitation of prostitution of a minor, of basically having sex with a minor. That's called Like in Florida, that's child sex trafficking or statutory rape. Mm -hmm. Like you can't think about it. Like you can't have sex with a minor and just get charged for prostitution. Like that's not a thing. There's no such thing as prostitution of a minor in the United States because that's statutory rape. So the difference between sentencing in these two things is that for solici- solicitation of prostitution, there's about like a two-year max sentence in Florida. Whereas statutory rape, it's pretty much around 15 years. And for sex trafficking, which is probably what you would have gotten charged for, yeah. it would have been around 40, 45 years. Yeah. So he, his sentencing difference was about 43 years. And if they had actually charged him for all the victims that had come forward with these same charges with for the accurate amount of years he would have been in jail for over 300 years
1: yeah oh my gosh so so
0: he he got away with basically getting the most minimum sentence because he got charged for something that wasn't even a thing that's not even a thing Mm -hmm. under the law it's ridiculous so his sentence um was one of only 18 months in jail Plus community service and he had to require as he had to register as a sex offender. However, how freaking ever? In his plea deal, he was allowed out of jail six days a week, twelve hours a day to conduct business.
1: Six days a week.
0: Six days a week, twelve hours a day. And he was allowed to see people while he was out of jail, obviously running his business. So he would have young girls with him while he was supposed to be in jail for having sex with minor. And the minor that he had solicited was only 14 years old. And I'd like to say that he had to have a police escort every everywhere he went because he was supposed to be in jail. You mm-hmm. know, because he was supposed to be serving jail time. And these police were basically just his private security. He got to walk around with them anywhere he wanted. They never did anything about the fact that he was having young girls with him. Oh my gosh. So that's that's already horrid. And then July 7th, 2009, Epstein gets released from jail five months early. He gets released from jail oh five gosh. months early. What? He didn't serve any time. He, he spent 13 months off. in jail, but only six, six days a week he got to go out 12 hours a yeah, day. Yeah,
1: that's not even in jail.
0: No, it's not. And the person who gave him that plea deal is Alexander Acosta, who is now, who was our Secretary of Labor.
1: Did he um, resign because of because this? Because of this. Yeah, definitely. Yes.
0: Because there's this fantastic video, highly recommend it. But um, Representative um, Catherine, oh God, what's her name? Catherine W. Something. Okay, whatever. She's from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. She, um, there's this fantastic video of they were like investigating Alexander Acosta because of this case, because of what happened, and because they basically just didn't.
1: Go like, through. because with. Epstein
0: got held in a county jail for thirteen months, they were investigating. Wait, it was like, a
1: county jail. It was
0: a county jail.
1: Are you fucking serious?
0: So he only got held for thirteen months. So they were investigating, um, Alexander Costa. Like, why did you let this happen? Oh, the only other thing that happened is that all the victims who came forward got given a hundred thousand dollars from Epstein. Oh my But gosh. if they were to take it to court, they probably could have gotten more than that anyway. So you know, it didn't. It wasn't really a good plea deal whatsoever.
1: I hate to say it, but. Epstein is kind of like a, a mastermind of just mani- manipulating people with yeah. not only with money, but um, like the police officers who were standing right next to him and the police officers were like obviously told like, don't let him do this. Yeah. But it literally turned into his security guards, but paying off the victims a hundred thousand dollars before they could have easily out, like easily got him into like a much higher court they would just, like, take the money and run. Yeah. That's it.
0: Oh, I was talking about the rep from Massachusetts. Okay. Oh, yeah. So she basically just goes in on Alexander Kosta, and she's like, you sided with child rapists over the victims in this act- in this case, and, like, she's had this great thing where she says, as the Attorney General, your job is to pursue justice, mm-hmm. and if you sided with a child rapist over the victims, how can we trust you to, like over victims of sex trafficking Mm -hmm. how can we trust you on the larger scale as our secretary of labor to labor to as the head of this section of the government protect all victims of sex trafficking if you couldn't do it in this one case when you sided with money and power she's amazing in that video it's crazy so like regardless of your political standings she's I mean, I think we can all side (laughs) against child rapists, hopefully. And so I thought she was amazing in that video. But yeah, it was great. And so basically he gets out. Okay, he gets out of jail. And then in September of 2009, people are like, hey, why is this guy out of jail already? Didn't like 50 people (laughs) come forward saying that he like tried to molest and traffic them? And weren't they children? And isn't that a crime? And so people hear about his plea deal and they kind of start to like lose their minds because they're super angry at uh alexander acosta because he should not have gotten this deal and it's like absolutely ridiculous and at this time when all this goes public uh there were like a dozen civil lawsuits that women filed saying that he had molested them yeah like, during that oh, whole wait, thing did going Oh, wait.
1: More on. people came forward? More people came forward. Oh, jeez.
0: So, the number is, like, more toward the upper 40s at that point in Florida. Oh. Yeah. So, that's in September of 2009. And the next thing that really, like, happened with him was in November of 2011. So, a New York appeals court said that he had to register as, like, a level three sex offender. Which, in New York, um, that means it's, like, the highest risk of to public safety of sex offender and then everything goes quiet like after that thing in 2011 like everything goes quiet for a long time but does that mean he's not doing the same stuff as before no not at all it's just that he was getting better and better at hiding things from the public and so this vanity fair article i was reading today talked a little more specifically about what happened on little st james island during this whole time period and uh or pedophile island and Vanity Fair actually was able to get interviews with people who worked at the airstrip for Uh, St. Thomas and where Epstein would like frequently travel, you know, in his private jet and things like that. And they, a lot of the people who worked at the airstrip said that even very recently, as recent as like 2018, they would see Epstein bringing super young girls to and from the island from like different areas all over the world. And some employees that were working at the airstrip remember being shocked that like this register registered pedophile was able to openly walk around with these super young girls who they said couldn't have been older than 16 years old and that these girls would be getting off the plane with like these gucci bags and dior and stuff like that not knowing that epstein kind of expected something from them for that yeah and one employee on the airstrip who vanity fair actually interviewed said quote we didn't say anything because we figured law enforcement was doing their job I have to say that that is regrettable, but we really didn't even know who to tell or if anyone really cared.
1: Yeah, I think that was a pretty big fall through for the airport people. They definitely should have said something.
0: And for the just overall U.S. Virgin Islands Police Department who knew there was a pedophile walking around with young girls that many people saw. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's like people, it truly is just that People in power, like, they're almost untouchable. It's ridiculous. And many people, uh, there's actually a bunch of rumors and things like that. I'm not 100% sure how much I believe these, but there's people. So Epstein owned this entire island. Like, the whole island, it was his. So uh, a lot of people said that he actually had cameras, like, all over the island that he would use to record, like, his the, the famous and powerful people that came to the island. There's no ever, like, there's not an actual, like account of him ever blackmailing anyone but there's people who said that he would say that he liked to have power over the powerful so he was just like power hungry oh and some of the famous people that visited his island include prince andrew and bill clinton oh my gosh and i'm pretty sure donald trump
1: so they'd use it as blackmail saying that they went to an island that involves sex sex trafficking
0: Yeah, and I think that also there's a lot of rumors about, like, the fact that there would be girls on the island and, like, that Epstein would kind of use them almost as, like, just people that his guests could come over and use these kids, basically. That's so bad. No, it's horrible. And, like, a lot of the girls were international, so they, they weren't from, you know, the United States. There were, I think... There's a list, but of all these countries that the plane would stop and visit at, where they said that he would like pick up girls and things like that, young girls too, and it's pretty disgusting. Yeah. So that's why it was kind of called Pedophile Island. Is like, yeah, there's just a bunch of young girls and these older men.
1: It's so gross.
0: Yeah, it is really gross. So, it's, it's not that there was like. Nothing going on in the years that he wasn't being covered in the press. It's just that he was hiding it yeah. with money and power. He was and hiding news it.
1: Goes so fast.
0: Yeah, the news cycle is tiny. Yeah. So, uh, in June of 2017, Trump nominated U.S. Attorney Alexander Acosta as the Secretary of Labor. So that's when he actually got confirmed mm-hmm. and became our. Secretary of Labor. I don't now know why not. he'd do that. I don't know either. Well, they were, he was friends with Epstein. Trump was.
1: Oh my gosh. Do Trump had, do you think Trump knew about the stuff he was doing?
0: Some people claim that he did. There's one article I read that said that one time, Um, it was this article about the Farmer sisters that said that, and this was from a conservative news site. So just want to say I'm not like you know, I don't really care about politics that much, but I'm just saying. So it was talking about how Epstein had Trump over at one of his mansions mm-hmm. when he had the Farmer sisters staying at that mansion and that Ghislaine Maxwell told Trump, they're not for you. They're for Epstein. Oh. Talking about the girls.
1: I mean... If he's known Epstein for so long, I feel like it's hard not to know about it.
0: I sometimes wonder if, I mean, because it's, I wonder if it's like a situation with the Harvey Weinstein thing where like lots of people knew about it, but no one said anything Yeah. because they're powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was watching this on the topic of Harvey Weinstein. I was watching um, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld, right? It was the episode with Seth Rogen and he was talking about the fact that he was at this awards show, something like that. Uh, Seth Rogen was, and he was talking to this guy and he was, he looked over, he was like, Oh my gosh, that's Harvey Weinstein. And the guy he was talking to is like, screw that guy. He rapes people. Mm -hmm. Like it's a well-known, like he, he rapes people and he hurts women. So like, screw that guy. But this was like months and months before the whole me too scandal broke with Harvey Weinstein. Mm -hmm. Like Months and months before it was ever being reported on, and anyone knew about it, and it no, like people hadn't come forward, so it was like a well-known fact that lots of people knew, like, oh, he's raped people, but no one cared enough to actually say something. And I wonder if it was like that also with Epstein.
1: Yeah, it seems it seems like such a common thing that happens just today.
0: It's horrible, but I think and I think it, it's a, it's always been happening. It's just now. Now is the best time for people to actually come forward. Yeah. Like with Me Too and all that.
1: Yeah. Social media. It's just um, definitely easier because there's a lot more support because we have connections with social media to just know that you, um, there are like bystanders that
0: want to help. Want to help. Yeah. Yeah. That there are like resources for people who have been assaulted. Yeah, definitely. And that like like, accessibility. The media will be more on your side Mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. So, um, that happens in, so like I said, uh, Alexander Acosta confirmed in June, 2017. Then in February 19, or February 19, in February, 2019, um, the DOJ starts this investigation into the plea deal that Epstein got. And a judge actually said, oh, Acosta, he violated this law that basically says that, um, you can't like, Because basically when Acosta had given Epstein the plea deal, he would lied to the victims and told them that the investigation was ongoing into like sex trafficking and things like that when it really wasn't. So they ruled that he'd actually broken the law by not protecting these victims and like that the plea deal in general was like highly illegal because there's no such thing as soliciting prostitution for minor.
1: Uh, What's the DOJ?
0: uh, Department of Justice. Okay. Yeah. So... Basically, they re- realize that Alexander Acosta has broken the law. Okay, that's like part of the hearing I was talking about uh, earlier. And that everything is like going terribly, basically, with this case. Now things are kind of starting to come back to the front. And um, on July 6th, 2019, Epstein gets arrested um, because a bunch of women from New York had come forward and uh, for charges of basically said he sex trafficked minors he molested people he was a rapist so all these charges started coming forward from these women in new york which was another place that he had one of his mansions okay so at first when all these accusers started coming forward and they were like we're going to charge you for this his lawyers from his previous case in 2005 were like you can't do it from florida you can't do it and the reason they said that was because in his initial plea deal, one of the things that they had written into it was the word global. So basically, they were trying to imply in his earlier plea deal that everything that he, the jail time he served was for everything globally, not just what, what he had done in Florida, Wait, but all over the that's world. That's like
1: not allowed. I,
0: I know. That's not but, how it works. Okay, I don't understand.
1: But, they don't see the pattern of him like Florida and New York. Where they probably know he owns a mansion. Well, in
0: New York, they gave him the status of most likely to be a threat to public yeah, safety. I know. Because they like, knew that I he. I feel like
1: the FBI even should literally just throw this guy in jail from the allegations already.
0: He, I mean, he's like, he, crazy. He doesn't
1: need like a court trial at all. Just from like his evi- priors. I feel like the evidence is already there.
0: Yeah, but I think that what it was is that if he would have gone into court, and I I do really believe in like everyone should have a fair trial even if like I hate you a mm-hmm. lot, everyone should. I think that if they would have actually carried out justice the first time, the New York thing wouldn't have been necessary cuz he would have already been in jail for life. Yeah. But um I I think that if they would have gone through the full trial in New York, he would have gone away for probably the rest of his life. But obviously they they didn't get through yeah. the whole New York trial. So, like like I said, they had included the word global. They were trying to say, you can't charge him for crimes that he did in New York because all these crimes that they were going to charge him for were around the early 2000s. They were like, you can't charge him for that because he already served his sentence for global,
1: that like globally. Doesn't
0: and then the lawyers were like, uh, that's not how law works, yeah. friend. <laughs> so, no. What he committed in Florida, that he was charged for state crimes. Now we're in New York, are going to charge him for state crimes in New York. Okay, yeah. so screw you. So on July sixth, twenty nineteen, he gets arrested in the airport in New Jersey, and they uh, eventually get a warrant and they search his apartment and they find photos, pornographic photos of underage girls in and, his apartment. And this is where, it, York. Like,
1: this is where his
0: and this is where the downfall like, okay. basically starts Good. because now they they have you know, my porno- pornography of minors. They have a bunch of women willing to testify that he trafficked and molested them. Mm-hmm. And after this, basically, that's when the whole roller coaster started and you started to hear about this almost every single day in yeah. the media in some way or another. My dad is a journalist and he has written, like he told me that if if you take it from, he was still writing in 2005 as a journalist when all this first started. Yeah, He told me that even back then, journalists knew that something like bigger was going on, but there was like nothing that they could do about it. You know, like there was nothing to happen. So he told me from 2005 to now, he's written like 14 articles about oh, Jeffrey gosh. Epstein. It's like been something people knew and just couldn't talk about really. So, just because
1: lack of evidence or just not lack right, of evidence? And not right timing. Him having
0: resources, timing. Yeah, all of that.
1: Oh, that's, yeah. I guess another factor of the news is wanting... Um, publicity for it. So if you have a good article and you know it could like you like kind of like save lives, I guess you could say, yeah. but you have to hold it back just for like wanting publicity for the article at the right time, such as the 2018 allegations just sucks for that span of years, but Yeah. Yeah,
0: for sure. So um July 6th, he's arrested and he starts to be held in jail. July 12th, uh, Secretary Acosta says he's going to resign.
1: Hmm, I wonder why. <laughs>
0: on July 18th, uh, or sorry, July 23rd, Epstein is found um, in his jail cell and he has like cuts on his neck and th- they were self-inflicted. So that was the first time that he tried to attempt suicide. Yeah. So before he actually killed himself he had already attempted suicide once. And so they put him on suicide watch, but um
1: Wait, suicide watch in the jail?
0: In in jail. Mm-hmm. He had attempted to kill himself in the jail. And on that was on July 23rd. So then um he so he gets put on suicide watch and um, on August 9th they get like a bunch of documents are fine finally come forward to the public talking all about the victims and people who are willing to testify against epstein and it's like basically it's it's like he realizes at this time there's no plea deal waiting for him there's mm-hmm. no way he's getting out like this time it's for real like for life yeah so then on august 10th uh, even though he had been on suicide watch they took him off suicide watch two days before he was found dead in jail in new york and this whole thing is really weird because even though he was off suicide watch, there were two guards that were supposed to be circling around every few minutes to yeah. like watch him basically. You know, that's usually what guards do in a jail. And for some reason, the a lot of people say it was just incompetence. But these two guards like missed their rotation of having to walk by him, which gives him enough time to kill himself. And the two cameras that were outside of his cell, facing toward the front of it, weren't working at the time. So there's zero did zero witnesses for the suicide. So that's where I'm not. I don't really believe the conspiracy theories, but that's where a lot of people are like, Clinton killed him. Trump killed him. Like a like someone powerful who he had blackmail on like killed him, or he like someone convinced him to kill himself in jail. Something like that. But he's like
1: completely closed off.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the cameras were gone. What can't someone with that amount of money do? True. Really? We kind of already saw that. But um, even though I don't really think, I think that he did kill himself because of the potential for jail time. He knew that he was going to jail and Mm -hmm. pedophiles really don't survive in jail very long. You know, in prison. Yeah. So I think that he probably did just kill himself because of that. But I do think that when he did kill himself, lots of powerful men and women all over the world probably breathed a sigh of relief, like people that he had blackmail on. I bet there's a lot of bad people out there that Jeffrey Epstein had blackmail on and who are very, very glad that he's dead, Mm -hmm. you know, even though. And also another weird thing about his death before. So the first people to break the news on his death was ABC News. Okay, but 40 minutes before the ABC News story dropped, on 4chan, people oh. posted, don't ask me how I know this, but Jeffrey um, Jeffrey Epstein is dead in his cell by, by hanging. He committed suicide. By hanging? That, so they posted that on 4chan 40 minutes before anyone knew about it.
1: 4chan's wild.
0: Isn't that weird?
1: Uh, yeah. From the stuff that Nick sends me from 4chan, I honestly expect it from them. Because people on 4chan, there's this um one picture that this guy posted of this series. I don't know where it is, but it's this series of flags. I don't yeah. really know where it is. Because it wasn't supposed to be leaked, but there were stars in the sky. So they posted that picture. It was um They were just doing it as a joke, literally, of just like... Is like don't come find this area or something. Oh, and the they, Shia
0: LaBeouf thing.
1: Oh, was it was Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. And wow, they, that was hilarious. Actually, they got the star locations in the sky, and they got the coordinates from the stars from that picture. And
0: then someone went and took down that flag. Yeah. I heard about that. Yep. That's insane.
1: 4chan's crazy. This was posted so, honestly, though by I, people I, with I
0: like that. who posted like, I think it, uh, one article I read said it was like an alt right part of 4chan that posted that, and I was like, eh.
1: I just hate that he died from hanging. How, how did he even do that? With was, was it with clothes or with like I, a I guess rope?
0: There's not a lot of like, like the autopsy report. I haven't I haven't been able to find it. Like there's not a lot of info just on how he actually died. I know they said he died from like cardiac arrest, and then he possibly also had wounds on his body, something like that. That's what I heard. I just, it's kind of to me, it's a bummer, not a bummer. It's tragic that. He managed to escape justice for all these victims that he never, ever actually got charged for sex trafficking.
1: Yeah, that's really terrible.
0: And I read this article. It kind of stuck with me. It's, it A while ago, one of the victims said that when he died, it was like experiencing a whole new pain all over again because she knew she would never get justice.
1: <sighs> yeah, that's so bad.
0: So jeffrey epstein died on august 10th 2019 after that the media obviously went wild jeffrey epstein is all we've been hearing about lately and that is basically the i i hope that they will continue to pursue um charges against Ghislaine maxwell mm-hmm. for her Do part they ha- they and, have and his her, other staff i'm guessing right she yeah she's alive um she probably I, I'm not sure she's been arrested, but she I hope she will no, be. No,
1: hundred percent she is.
0: I hope that she um goes to jail probably for the rest of her life for mm-hmm. assisting in sex trafficking. And I hope that they also continue to investigate people on his staff because I know that like a lot of people say that people who were close to him, they knew what was going on and they would help him if they were on his team and it was like just kind of a an almost like like a corporation that helped him. sex traffic and so i don't know i i do hope that they won't just because now they've dropped the charges against epstein obviously he's dead but i hope that they will continue to pursue them in other avenues and get some semblance of justice for these people yeah definitely but that is the horrifying story of the pedophile and sex trafficker and overall garbage human being jeffrey epstein
1: what a bitch truly
0: that's my that's my like takeaway from it i'm just like screw this guy
1: i just wish he could have rotted in jail
0: yeah me too my um my dad and i were kind of talking about this about how it's like even though he's dead it's not i don't like that it was on his terms
1: yeah he was in control he was never in jail
0: no he truly. never went to prison
1: He was in a county jail.
0: Yeah, he was in county jail and then he was in jail awaiting trial.
1: That's not even fair.
0: No, it's not. It's really not. And it's just honestly is another example of why it's important for people to like, if you see something, say something, even if it's someone in a higher position than you. Like, I'm sure those people who work at the airstrip are people that thought something's a little off with this guy and like had a faint idea something was going on and didn't look into it further or try to report anything or see what they could do, I'm sure they feel really guilty now looking back. So, yeah, yeah, that case is kind of a bummer, but it's an important thing to talk about. For sure. What are your takeaway? What's your, like, big takeaway from it? Bottom line.
1: Yeah, the um, looking at people with power kind of thing. It's... It's, it's way too easy to overlook them because there's a lot of great people. Um, well, like, I guess, like artists, like music artists who have done like really bad thing, like assaulting women. I'm sure you've heard about Chris like... Chris Brown. Or who a,
0: everyone forgave.
1: Yeah. Or, I mean, X. And there's pro- like hundreds more probably. Yeah. Um, I heard a little just,
0: bit about that. Didn't he assault like a pregnant his yeah. pregnant girlfriend yep. or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's messed up.
1: Yeah, but and he was extremely popular at the time, and it was it seemed like it was just dim- dismissed after a week. Like it was probably a big thing on Twitter for like a week, and then it was just dismissed. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you you can't just overlook people with power just because they have a status they're still humans like everybody's is the same in that way so if you know something's not right it's probably not right
0: yeah I think that's a perfect way to sum it up yeah so with that yeah. I say I think it's time to lighten the mood what do you okay, think Okay. yes I see that I think it's time to lighten the mood with my favorite segment <gasps> happy things happy things <laughs> <laughs> So, Chase, do you want me to start or would you like to start?
1: Um, Let me think of something. Here you go first.
0: Okay. Also, can you please tell them your chip tooth story? Oh, my. It's God. so uh, funny. Okay.
1: Okay. Yay. okay.
0: Yay. 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 Okay. So, I will start. Um, my happy thing for this week is that, well, I just finished my first week of college, Ooh, which is really exciting. She goes to jail. And it's really good so far. Mm-hmm. I... Love all my classes and I think though my my main happy thing is that yesterday I wrote a song for the first time in like five years and I kind of in high school like I met a lot of people who I thought were fantastic writers and for some reason like comparing myself to them mm-hmm. made me stop writing because I was like I'm never going to be as good at writing songs as all these people so I might as well just like not do that anymore like it takes a lot of time and I should just like stop writing but yesterday I wrote like some lyrics and some chords for the first time in a while and it really like it was it was a really good experience of just like trying to open myself up to realizing that just because my song isn't gonna win a grammy doesn't mean that I shouldn't like try to get better at it or like improve my writing skills because it's something i really enjoy doing and like i love music so yeah, yeah i think that was a, g- a good experience for me
1: yeah i um when i listen to music because emma actually sent this to me i am like a compositional listener i don't really focus on the lyrics i wish i did though because i feel like you probably wrote a lot about I'm the opposite <laughs> oh you, you're lyrical yeah super did you write about um like high school so? No,
0: it's about, um, well, it's kind of about the idea of like hoping that there's something more than like just what we have here, like on earth. It's kind of just about like hoping that there's, um, that there's like more, waiting. that it's not just this, whether that be an afterlife or like another form of life in um, the universe or something like that. Just like kind of hoping that we're not alone.
1: I need to re-listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Thank you. Um, okay. This isn't really a happy thing, but I guess Emma wants me to talk about it. And then you can tell your happy thing. Okay. Um, like, I can say when I was 12, stop, <laughs> By when I was like 12 or 13, I was riding a skateboard except on my stomach because I'm a kid <laughs> and that's what we do. And we were just going down in the middle of the street and my friend Bryce, he was on the back of the skateboard and he went kind of fast. Like he put his foot down and pushed really hard. And my head went, I pretty much ate the concrete and my, uh, my left, uh, front tooth chipped. And I was like, shoot, this sucks. Yeah. So I got it filled and I've been fine for the next like five years and I never told anybody about it because I was... I didn't even know. Yeah, and I've known you and for a really long time. And you've known me since elementary school. And because I, I was super self-conscious about it. I was like, I'm not like any everybody else. Um, but then um, Sydney, my girlfriend, I probably went a little too fast leaning in and I clonked her my teeth against hers and it fell <laughs> The feeling <laughs> fell out. <laughs> so... Um. Yeah, I am on this podcast without a third of my left tooth right now. <laughs> so.
0: Can you tell them Sydney's reaction?
1: Oh yeah. So she was probably like, she, she was like, "Oh my god, Wait, did you just chip your tooth?" And I was, I was just sitting in the bed. because like, oh my, god. I've been waiting for this day to happen because I, I know it's not permanent. Like it's gonna happen at, it's gonna come out at some point. Mm-hmm. But she was just freaking out, and I was just sitting there in my own world, like, God damn it. <laughs> and i went to the dentist uh probably like a week after just seeing when they can get it filled and they're like we might have an opening in the next like three like two three and i was like okay days Ooh. and like months and i was like are you serious
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! so
1: and i started school like three no, no i i'm like the first three four days into uh my college
0: experience i am
1: already the guy with the chip tooth so oh. nice
0: that is and her mom called told him oh, okay. <laughs> that i laughed at this for a solid five minutes her her mom told him that he looked like river folk a river folk. <laughs> Oh i love gosh. that oh that's hilarious yeah thank you oh, that oh, is so I know, i'm sorry i know that 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 sucks i mean it sucks like chipping your tooth sucks because there's it won't grow back <laughs> but that is i just can
1: fill it with ramen
0: you walked in you're like before you say anything i chipped my tooth yeah and blah 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 and i was like how many times has he given Sid this was feel? saying
1: that i should just become like a ventriloquist <laughs> <laughs> Awkward, <laughs>
0: oh talk with your top lip over oh,
1: because uh you know like the puppeteers yeah yeah that yeah that's good
0: just that'd be so that would if you talked like that that's worse than having a chipped tooth I think. yeah i don't know. I don't think i mean i didn't even notice it you'll you'll be fine it's like you're feeling okay yeah,
1: yeah, 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 okay
0: okay so what's your real happy thing okay
1: Wait, let me think a little bit so i went to like the aquarium of the pacific for the first time in like Probably like six or seven years.
0: Aquarium of the Pacific.
1: Is that on the commercial? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I haven't seen one in so long. But I just love like experiencing what I did as a kid. So especially with Sid. So that was really great.
0: That's so cute. Did you see the bat rays? Oh yeah. They're so cute. I would literally have one as a pet. (laughs) (laughs) They're so cute. They're like dogs of the water. (laughs) I love them.
1: Yeah i felt that's like a, a little kid i was like giggling, were, like, giggling were, like giggling more than the actual kids there they were kind of scared of everything <laughs> but, yeah
0: but that's a good happy like a thing dive. i saw all the videos that you did it was cute
1: thank you yeah okay i actually lied i went twice <laughs> in a month so yeah it's it's a good time 10 out of 10 would recommend going to the aquarium the pacific awesome yeah well
0: I think we should end the podcast there. And I just want to say thank you guys so, so much for listening. Uh, Like I plugged in the beginning of the show, if you want to become a patron of the podcast, if you like listening every week and, you know, you want to do something for it and you have the funds, feel free to go to patreon.com slash horrible things and help us out there. Uh, If you don't want to give money, which I totally understand, uh, and wouldn't mind telling your friends or leaving a rate or review on Apple Podcasts, that is just as valuable, and I appreciate it so, so much. So thank you guys so much for listening. And of course, remember, do not hang out with anyone that could be a James Bond villain.
1: And secondly, don't trust old men to pay your college. Not at Bernie Sanders.
0: (laughs) And most importantly, don't Don't do do horrible horrible things. things.